You're listening to Breaking the Silence, a podcast by Reach 10, where we are breaking the shame, silence, and fear that often surrounds sexuality, unwanted pornography use, and betrayal trauma, and helping you embrace your God-given sexuality with courage, compassion, and connection. I'm your host, Chriselle Simons. Welcome back to the podcast. I am so grateful you are here. This has been such a fun experience for me to interview experts, to interview people on their stories, and to just hold the space with this podcast for you to come and know that you are not alone, to break the silence that has gone on for far too long. So thank you. Thank you for being here. Thank you for having the courage to to reach out and to to find out that you are not alone and to find more help and tools that will help you in your healing journey. Oh, so glad you're here. And I especially am grateful for all of your feedback and for those of you who have shared questions for our Ask a Therapist series and for the series that we're starting here today, the Ecclesiastical series. I am just so grateful you're here and that you're willing to share your questions and your stories and your feedback with me. In the show notes is an anonymous link where you can leave those questions. If you have a question for a therapist or you have a question as to how an ecclesiastic leader can help you, that's where you go. Or if you had feedback or you want to share your story with us, please use that link in the bio. Another resource I want to share with you is our friends over at Relay. It's an app that brings people together who are struggling with unwanted pornography use specifically. It has lots of features and options that help you build community in small groups with like-minded people, and it's as anonymous as you want it to be. It allows you to get the support that you're looking for right now. It can be so hard to know how to build community, especially early on in recovery, and this app is created specifically for this. You can sign up for a free trial with the link in our show notes, and then at a very low cost, you can subscribe for the additional support that you need in your recovery journey. Relay is an incredible resource just for you. Let's jump into our episode. Today, we are breaking the silence with my bishop, Bishop Doug Clevin, and this is kicking off our series where we meet with ecclesiastic leaders. And I am so excited about this series because I really hope that it helps you to understand how an ecclesiastic leader can help you in your healing journey. And so today, the first question that we're going to be answering is why do we visit with a bishop? Like, why should we include an ecclesiastic leader in our healing journey? So that's what we're going to talk about. But first, I want to introduce our guest today. His name is Doug Clevin, Douglas Clevin, and he is amazing. He has five kids, a beautiful wife named Cynthia, who's amazing. And he is my bishop, which is great. He's funny. He makes the best jokes all the time. He also testifies of Jesus Christ any chance he gets, which I appreciate so much. And he also loves to box. In fact, he allowed all of the priests in my ward, which is not a small number, to take uncontested punches at your face, right? At my face. 
Yes. At your face. And I think that was a reward for them reaching their goals or something, right? Well, I don't remember that part, but maybe that may, I may have been concussed. So, so maybe <laughs> I'm, I'm short on, on exactly what it was, but certainly, yes, it was uncontested. They were allowed to punch and it was, it was part of exercise, the, ex, the physical fitness. Basically, what you need to know, listeners, is he loves the people, cares about them, and he's here to chat with us today. So, Bishop, Bishop Doug, what are your thoughts as to why it's important to meet with the bishop as we are trying to recover or heal? Okay, so I'll give you the answer in the most obvious scenario, mm-hmm. and then maybe we can go out from there. The That'd most ob- obvious scenario is when you have some some issue, some problem in your life that you've realized that you can't control, you can't resolve on your own, and those come in all kinds of forms. And we we are programmed, maybe, maybe part of it is culturally, or or maybe it is in our biology to just try to figure it out on our own. And many things we can, and to some degree, that's a noble impulse. But there are things, traps we fall into, habits or decisions we make that cause problems that we cannot resolve on our own. And so when you've realized I have a problem and I cannot figure it out on my own, then that's the time to go see the bishop and hopefully you have, hopefully you have a good bishop when you, when you submit that plea for help. But that's the most obvious scenario. Do you have any questions about that first no, case? I, I, love, I love that you said when you come with that plea for help. I, I think that that's really beautiful because it's not like you're coming because you're in trouble. It's not because you're coming because yeah. like, I feel like at least growing up for me, it was like, oh, you go and see your bishop because you need to confess. And like, it, it was kind of stereotypical, like, not a great experience. But I right, love right. this idea of you're coming with a plea for help. You're seeking more assistance. I, I think of it like when I was a basketball player. I guess I still am. When I when I was playing a lot more basketball and I was wanting to get better, I would go and find someone who was an expert at what I wanted to get better in. Right. Mm-hmm. And I'd be like, teach me how you became such an incredible post player. Right. And mm-hmm. and so I don't want to minimize the experience with, with meeting with the bishop, but I think it's often like pull in more resources. You're coming to, to get help, to receive revelation and to hopefully have a beautiful and revelatory experience. Is that, is that accurate? Sure. That's, that's how I try to make it. Usually when somebody sits down in front of me, they are doing a thing that would be very hard for me to do. I Let's say I have some embarrassing fact about my life that is causing pain. We, th- those painful things are not what we post on Instagram or, or share on Facebook. Nobody films themselves yelling at their kids or being yelled at by their husband. So whenever somebody is sitting in front of me, that takes a lot of guts. It's a lot of a lot of courage and a lot of humility. And I don't, 
I don't know that I have what it takes to do what some of these people do. So the first move on my part is to thank them, to, to set them at ease, to, to let them know that I am impressed by their courage and humility. And it's already hard enough. Now, some of them, it's easier to say, describe what's going on. But for some of them, just forming the sentences is painful. So I want to I want to take the edge off of that as much as possible so that they can describe what's going on in their life that is hurting. And then my next goal is to once I know what's going on to help them to say exactly how they feel. To describe exactly what's going on because it's very difficult, and so maybe sometimes you try to shade events to your benefit because it's too, it's too harm, it's too hurtful to, you know, describe what's actually going on. And my goal is to to set them at ease so that they don't have to lie to me. They feel safe just telling me the straight up truth because we can't we can't do a whole lot when we're when we're still lying to one another. Yeah. So, so I've got, I've got those two big goals. Thank you for, for having courage and set some sort of mood where they feel like I can say whatever I have to say. Hmm. That's beautiful. I imagine that that feels very like sacred and even hollow ground. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's a cool thing. It's a cool thing when, when we can get that right. Yeah. Why do you think someone should have the courage to have this conversation with their bishop? Well, uh, in that first case, when your life is out of control, when you can't manage it, when it's when there's chaos, well, you need help. Now, I try to be help. I try to be the help that you need. I'm right there. I'm free of charge. So, so uh, I do as much as I can, but I try to get them when when you're out of control, you need help from somebody. If it isn't me, then it's got to be somebody. And we got to find out who that is. If you can't be 100% honest with me, then I try to help you find a person you can be 100% honest with because we got to cut out all the baloney. And and sometimes that is I'm not the right person because for whatever reason, so I try to locate that person so that we can we can solve a problem because there are things that you cannot do alone. Things get too difficult and you do need help. You need somebody else to to grab you and, and pull you out of whatever hole you're in. And that's why that's why church is important. It's a community that binds you to other people and that binding process is useful when you are the one lifting and extremely useful when you are the lifted. Yeah. Oh man, I I feel like as you were just saying the lifted and the I, it makes me think of the story in the New Testament of the man with palsy who needed to be lowered through the ceiling sure. to the Savior, right? And the people who who helped him and and just how beautiful that experience was when he was made whole, but probably how I mean his whole life had been pretty humbling and rough. He hadn't been able to walk, right? 
and I just think that that story is so beautiful. And I just kept seeing that image in my head as you, as you described that. I also, I loved that you talked about the need for honesty. And I think, I think sometimes it's easier to be honest and sometimes than others. Right. Yeah. (laughs) And, but I think that honesty is really until you can get honest with yourself and honest with God, it's really difficult to change. Yes. It's, I don't, I don't know that you can do it when you're not telling the truth. Nobody changes when they're not telling the truth. So it, it just doesn't exist. When we can come and be honest. And I think of like bringing, bringing our whole self and, and, all of the things to light and laying them on the altar. I think that that's where the savior can meet us with his healing balm in a way that is really, really actually changing because otherwise if we are lying, that's, that's when the like world idea of like, people don't really change. Yeah. People who are lying don't change (laughs) Mm -hmm. or people who are hiding things. It's very difficult. It's impossible. I I love that you said that it's impossible to change things that you're hiding. And, and I think that that, that really, the honesty bit is, is probably the most important reason of why it, why you should have the courage to do this. I know it's scary and I know it's going to take everything you've got, but wow, is it worth it? Yeah. You mentioned the paralytic, I believe. Is it, it's at the one where he's lowered down to the roof. Was that what you were referring to? Mm -hmm. It is most interesting. The, the, the most powerful part of that story for me is when the paralytic is lowered, the first thing Christ says is thy sins are forgiven me, I believe. Now that is, I assume that is not what the friends were lowering him down through the roof for. And Christ says something to the effect of, so that you'll know that I am who I say I am, rise up and walk. But yeah. the, the broken, the, you know, the distorted bones or muscles, skeletal system, whatever the issue was, that was a secondary concern. The primary concern was the man's soul. And my experience in meeting with people is has been that most of the pain we cause ourselves and others comes from poor philosophy. We have bad ideas about how the world functions, how what what God promised us and what he expects of us. We have we have poor ideas about what church is and isn't supposed to do. And these, this, these poor philosophies we carry around are, I think, the driver of most of our pain. If we, had, if we had correct thoughts internally, we could probably produce better behaviors. And mm-hmm. so sometimes with, with the issue that your site is dedicated to porn, it's we, people come in with bad behaviors but I think generally what they have is a bad philosophy, mm-hmm. a bad philosophy about the purpose of their life, poor philosophy about sex, womanhood. And I think, I think Christ had it right. The most, the, mo- the f- most fundamental problem with that man was the state of his soul, not the state of his legs. Yeah. Yeah. Beautifully said. So I think, I think you brought up the, 
the obvious situation where you should go see a bishop and and maybe obvious or like maybe most difficult too. like your life is out of control. When are some other times someone sure. might want to come visit with a bishop? Okay. So, you know, I can't make a blanket statement for all of all church members in this scenario, go see your bishop. Your, your bishop is a plumber. He's an accountant. He's, you know, a salesman. He is not, uh, you know, doesn't have a doctorate in therapy. And so given that this is a volunteer system we run um, with non-professionals, there's going to be variability in the quality of the experiences you, you get with a bishop. So I can't just say in this scenario, go see your bishop and he'll make it make it right. right. He may not make it right, right? Not every right. bishop is awesome. I have, I have let people down before. Okay. Mm -hmm. So, but in the obvious scenario, your life is in chaos and you need order. Go ask for help from your bishop. Okay. Now, now we move away from that scenario. People have come seen me when they are frustrated with their expectations of something. So they feel like life should have played out X, Y, Z. They did X and Y. So those behaviors should have produced Z, but it didn't produce Z. And that's frustrating. It's annoying. It's disappointing. I, I take a lot of those visits from people. Their, their, their life isn't chaotic. They're not battling some addiction that is ruining relationships and their job prospects. They just have been disappointed in some significant area of their life, and they want to know why it happened. And so make a run at your bishop. You can do see, see what he says. Bishop, the church says this is the, the scenario that was supposed to play out. This is what actually played out in my life. Why is there disparity there? Yeah. So just general questions from that emerge from the frustrations of life. If you've got a good relationship with your bishop, go set an appointment. See what he says. Test him. He, maybe he's maybe he's got some good philosophy in there to share with you. Yeah, but no promises. <laughs> For the record, ha having having slightly, you know, disclosed that we aren't professionals, we are we do something else for a living. It's not like I've been super blown away by what the professionals have done for for humanity. Okay, so I'm not certain that that your plumber bishop has less insight than somebody who charges you $200 an hour for for their time. So anyways, it's a mixed bag. Good luck out there. Good luck. I think that's that's very true. And I I just wanted to speak from my experience. I and I, I've been pretty open about this on the podcast. Obviously, you can go back to episode one if you ever want to know my whole story. I really struggled with betrayal trauma and from my family of origin, as well as some relationships shortly after my mission that were very difficult and tough. And I, there were a couple of years there where I found myself in just excruciating pain and really hurt and trying to figure out how in the world do I access 
this atonement of Jesus Christ that people are talking about. How do mm-hmm. I, how do I receive God's help? And I found myself in a bishop's office and sometimes I knew the bishop and sometimes it was like my, the bishop of my ward. And sometimes it was the bishop of the ward I was visiting. I remember this one time I was just like visiting a random ward at BYU, Idaho. And I like, I just got hit with this huge wave of pain and I was like, I need help. And I don't know who to turn to. So I went to this bishop that didn't know me. And he actually shared something with me that was incredibly profound. And I like have the note still in my scriptures from that mm. visit. And okay. yeah, it, like I have no idea what he, like I, I literally don't even know his name. <laughs> <laughs> but I remember what he shared with me in that moment. And uh, so I, for me, The question was, like, do I need God's help? Am I struggling? Do I, am I lost in my hurt? And do I need maybe some different perspective? If the answer was yes to that ever, I was like, set me up an appointment with the bishop. (laughs) That's not a bad idea. And that was so helpful for me and, and has been through the years. And it really, and there were times that was really obvious when I needed that help. And there were times where it was less obvious and it was like, oh, maybe it's time for me to go and get another perspective. My therapist is great, but it's probably time for me to get someone's perspective who's probably a little bit more focused on something else. And and that the bishop, I always felt like meeting with a bishop was really helpful because we would talk more of the savior and of the atonement. And we it, it was hollowed ground as, as I would share the things that I just wanted help forgiving. I wanted help moving on. I wanted help having better relationships, but not repeating the past. Mm-hmm. And and I feel like God helped me through so many incredible men who were just like you said, were plumbers and salesmen and <laughs> farmers. I think one of them was a farmer. Like I just, mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and so that's so why I, I love this conversation that we're having because I hope everyone knows that they can find help when they seek it. Yeah, that's crucial. If you're, you know, I had, I've had one bishop in my life that I thought, oh, this, this is kind of a mediocre experience. Right. But other than that, they've all been really nice dudes. But just the fact that you say, I need help, that's usually very healthy. And if you roll up on your bishop and he's not the the guy you need, well, keep using that, that question. I need help. So, and take that question to somebody else. So when somebody comes to me and, and they've been struggling with some massive problem that they've been hiding, the first thing we got to do is we got to stop hiding. So there's got to be some person that we trust. And every time we do the thing that we're ashamed of or that's that's hurting us, we got to, instead of covering that up, there's got to be somebody out there. It could be me, but it doesn't have to be me. If it's your spouse or a sibling or an aunt, but there's got to be a someone someone you stop lying to. So if you roll up on your bishop and it's a poor experience, then find somebody else you can be honest with because that's where we got to start. Yeah. Beautifully said. Beautifully said. Is there anything else you you would wish for maybe someone in your congregation to know 
as to like why they should come and meet with you? Yeah, people in in my neighborhood. Now, there's certainly more people in the neighborhood who probably should come up. And they're not for reasons I understand, for reasons that would keep me from showing up if some other dude were sitting in my seat and I had a problem. I I understand why they're not coming. But one thing that they should know if I could if I could tell them is that I'm 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 blown away by their courage and their humility each time. Nobody's coming down with a hammer on you. I have never I have never closed the door after somebody left and thought, "Oh my goodness, I can't believe this person behaved that way." Me personally, I come from a family with lots of, you know, problems in the house, alcoholism, drug use, runaways, teenage pregnancies, the works. Okay, so I don't have any siblings that were murderers. So maybe that might be a curveball if you come in and you're a murderer. Okay, I haven't dealt with that one personally. But all of the other things we do to one another down here, you know, to some degree, those, those people are, are in my family. They're my, they're my siblings. So, and my siblings I love. They're wonderful. So there's not a thing that you, you can bring to me that's going to shock me. So, you know, by all means, let's shoot the breeze. If there's pain that won't go away, then I understand pain. We are colleagues. There's no reason for you to think that you'll be looked down on. Anyways, that's what I tell them. Thanks so much for sharing. And Mm -hmm. I just feel like I heard and felt so much love in what you're sharing. And the thought to me came like when we truly know someone, when we, when we understand or maybe walk with them, never, never can we judge them. And I, we'd rather love them and, Mm -hmm. and respect them all the more for the journey that they're on. Agreed. Well, thank you so much. Yeah. I am so grateful for this conversation and I look forward to having a couple more. If you have a question you want to ask an ecclesiastic leader or a therapist, please submit that in our anonymous form in the show notes. Click the link, fill it out, give us all the context that you want, share your story. It can be anonymous. It can be not anonymous. I want to hear from you. We want to answer your questions. We want to make sure that you know that you are not alone and break the silence that has gone on for too long in your life. Thanks for having the courage to share. If this podcast has made a difference in your life and you haven't already, please drop down and leave us a review. It helps more people find us and helps share the message. Keep breaking the silence, my friend. Thank you for listening to Breaking the Silence by Reach 10. Break the silence and help us create a culture of courage and compassion by sharing what you learned today with someone you love. Help us reach more people by rating and reviewing us on iTunes or liking and leaving a comment on YouTube. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss any episodes. Reach 10 is a nonprofit. You can help support this podcast by donating on our website and following us on social media. 
We share these views to open the dialogue and educate on these tough issues and to create a healthier culture of sexuality. The opinions and views shared by the host or guests do not constitute as professional advice or services and do not necessarily reflect the views of Reach 10. We do not guarantee the accuracy of any statements you hear. Reach 10 is not responsible for your use of information heard in this podcast. We keep learning and invite you to join us as we build a more open, compassionate, and courageous culture. Keep breaking the silence.